We meet today in Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter 17. And in this chapter, we have cautions against many vices. A quiet, friendly, and cheerful spirit inculcated and several wise and pious observations concerning the conduct and events of life. We are still in the College of Wisdom, College of Christ for life. Better is a dry morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with strife. Proverbs 17 verse 1 Now here a dry morsel is figurative of the most frugal meal, while a house full of feasting is indicative of a house with plentiful provisions approaching a festive season. A satisfying meal may be found in the poorest homes, even according to Proverbs 15 verse 17. Quietness here refers to peace and contentment. This is beyond all other blessings, according to 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4. And so here the proverb goes, A better is a morsel with quietness than a house full of feasting with the strife. In the spiritual sense, a church can have even a lot of meetings, a lot of organization, and tremendous amount of activity with the big budgets. But all of this may cause a great deal of confusion and frustration. What needs to be there is to be a house that has quietness, that has the presence of the Lord. Now, I think of Elijah in the court of Ahab and Jezebel. There certainly was plenty of activity going on in Ahab's palace, including a lot of religious practices, but nothing really pertaining to God. Elijah stepped in and proclaimed that it wasn't going to rain until God said so, and he wasn't in the mood to say no. Then Elijah walked out. Where did he go? He went far off to the brook Kerith, where he stayed a long time alone there with God. And God was training him out in the quietness of the desert. He provided everything that he needed there. That applies. Better is a dry muscle with quietness. God took Moses out of the palace of Pharaoh, another scene of great activity and religious organization, and he put him out in the desert of Midian and taught him there. Both Moses and Elijah had a dry muscle with quietness. It is nice to get off at times and be by yourself. It is a good thing for us to do. God wants us to have times like that where we are reflecting on God's goodness. Instead of being absorbed and overcome by a lot of activity, organization, everything going upside down, and in the commotion, you lose your direction. Be quiet, and sometimes it is good to go there and be quiet, alone, thinking, meditating upon the word of God, praying, you get your bearings straight. That is important for us, for our spiritual refreshment, but also even for our own sanity in a world that is so rushing. A wise servant 
will rule over a son who causes shame and will share an inheritance among the brothers. Proverbs 17 verse 2. You see, a servant who is faithful is better than a son who is not faithful. It is better to have a servant in whom you can have confidence than a son you cannot trust. Now, I think here of Abraham and his faithful servant, Eliezer, and of David and his son, Absalom. Abraham told the Lord that Eliezer was his only heir and that he wanted a son in Genesis 15 verse 2. He felt it was much better to have a son, and God answered his request. But if the son is not dependable, if he is going to be like David's son Absalom, who openly rebelled against his father, then certainly it is much better to have a good, faithful servant than a son who is rebellious. And David had a number of faithful men who stayed right with him. You see, many times sons would be annoyed when they see a father or a parent favoring a servant instead of them. Did you know what would be the reason? The reason would be sometimes sons are so disobedient and rebellious, not taking and listening to their parents, such that the parent will begin to think, my servant is better than this son of mine. The refining pot is for silver and the fairness for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. Proverbs 17 verse 3. Now, to get pure silver, the mind ore must be put into the refining pot and heated until it melts so that the dross can be removed and the pure metal remains. The same thing applies to gold. It is put in the furnace and the dross is drawn off. And the Lord puts his servant into the fire so that he can develop something in them. He tries our hearts in order to strengthen us. He wants to produce better sons and daughters for his use. We are more precious to God than gold or silver. Therefore, we should not be discouraged when we are tested. First Peter chapter 1 verse 6 to verse 7 tells us, In this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You see, God uses this method. God had a purpose in allowing Job to go through the furnace of affliction. God had a purpose in giving Paul a thorn in his flesh. God had a purpose in permitting the period of martyrdom that came to the church. Persecution actually molded the church, and it has never been as rich spiritually as it was during that period of persecution. When you go through some problems, when you go through difficulties, they are meant to purify us. And Job says, when God gets through with me, I shall come forth as pure gold. Now, I think one of the problems among Christians today is our affluence. 
we have so much proximity to many things. This was one of the problems in Israel, my friend. Moses described it in Deuteronomy 32 verse 15. He said, But Joshuram grew fat and kicked. He grew fat. He grew thick. You are obese. Then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. Oh, my friend, I'm afraid we may have a lot of fat saints today. They have everything, and yet they become complainers and fault finders and critics. They never grateful, lack of praise. They really are no help to the cause of Christ either. So God must put the saints that he is going to use. He will put them into the fantasy in order that they might be developed for his use. He needs to remove the fat. He needs to remove the thickness out of them. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of the children is their father. Proverbs 17 verse 6. Children are a blessing from God. Psalm 128 tell us this. Now, how much greater the blessing to have a family circle consisting of children and grandchildren who are as a crown for an aging patriarch. There is a delightful reciprocity here. For children also have glory in their parents through pride in the ancestry of a righteous father. Certainly, there can be no greater challenge to a father to live righteously in order to give his children reason for glory. This is why God originally intended that marriage would have three major purposes. First of all, God intended marriage to make sure that it mirrors the image of God. And then it becomes a way for people to complement one another. But the third reason is for them to pass on or to reproduce uh, a, a godly legacy, to produce a godly legacy. And so here a godly legacy is needed. A father needs to live righteously in order to give the children reason for the glory. Here is a verse I am sure many of you can appreciate. Children's children, it is talking about grandchildren. For those who are old and now have grandchildren, they know the joy of holding on to the, their grandchildren. It is a verse here for grandfathers. The glory of children are their fathers. Children look to their fathers. Perhaps you have heard of one old man saying to another old man, have I ever told you about my grandson or my granddaughter? And then they may even put, pull out a picture and show them. Grandchildren are a pride and a joy to have around, and they draw families together. The child looks to the father, but the grandfather looks back to the grandchild. That is where his affection centers. Rebuke is more effective for a wise man than a hundred blows on a fool. Proverbs 17 verse 10. This is very stern, my friend. But God rebukes his saints, sometimes by sending trouble into their lives. God is coaching them. 
because they are wise men. The wise men will listen to rebuke. So rebuke is more effective for a wise man. The fool won't listen to rebuke. Even if God laid a, upon him hundred stripes on his back, it wouldn't do him any good. When you see someone prospering who is ungodly, the reason may be that he is such a fool that no matter what God would do to him, he would not change. The Lord Jesus told about the man who took down even his old barns to build new ones for his crops. He was prosperous and was expanding his business. There is nothing wrong with building a new barn. The thing that was wrong was that this man was a fool. I didn't say that, my friend. Jesus said it. He was a fool because he did nothing about eternity. So there are many fools today who do nothing about eternity, yet they do so much about this world, this life. The discipline of the Lord would not have changed the person who did nothing for eternity. During the Great Tribulation, the world will go through such intense suffering and judgment that people will gnaw their own tongue. But do you think they will turn to God? No, a hundred stripes will not do any good when they are applied to a fool. This leads me to repeat that I believe that we have a wrong philosophy about prisons today. A prison is not for the purpose of developing men and putting them back into society. You don't develop them. There may be some place for that, but a prison is primarily a place for punishment, not an institution for discipline. Discipline is for a child, your own child. Punishment is for the one who has committed a crime. Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom, since he has no heart for it? Proverbs 17 verse 16. I grew up as a poor boy. I thank God for opening the door for me to at least go to college and be what I am doing today. Here the Proverbs say, Why is there in the hand of a fool the purchase price of wisdom since he has no heart for it? So many people who have opportunities will actually not have heart for it. And those who have a heart for it will be deprived. We must pray to God that he will give us wisdom so that opportunities are given to people who genuinely need to use those opportunities. And those who don't need to use them should just be allowed to go on and not waste the resources of the world. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 17 verse 17. A true friend has unquestionable, unquenchable love that is not diminished by adversity. This verse reminds us of Jonathan, who was such a wonderful friend to David. A friend loves at all times. Jonathan loved David when he was playing his music in the palace, as well as when he was hiding for his life, trying to escape King Saul. Although Jonathan was the son of Saul, and heir to the throne, he loved David. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for adversity. My friend, it is a wonderful thing to have a friend like that. If someone doesn't love you at all times, that person is not your friend. 
It is one of the disappointments of life, actually, to have someone profess to love you and be your friend. Then when the chips are down, you find that that person doesn't really love you after all. One such an example was Judas Iscariot, or Absalom, who betrayed his Lord. Absalom betrayed his father. He even wanted to kill his own father. There are many Judas Iscariots today in this world. There are many Absaloms today in this world who will betray you. But here a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow and the father of a fool has no joy. Proverbs 17 verse 21. This is very hard, yet it is so true. He who begets a scoffer does so to his sorrow. Imagine someone having a child and only bringing your own sorrow by the bringing of a life into the world. And the father of a fool has no joy. You see, this has been repeated several times in the Proverbs. The father of a son who is making good is a father full of joy. He will talk constantly about his son, his daughter. If he has a son or a daughter who is not doing well, the father becomes very silent and you don't hear anything from his mouth about their child. That is why it says the father of a fool has no joy at all. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Proverbs 17 verse 22. You see, a cheerful mind is revitalizing to the entire person. There are a lot of people today who are actually sick with a heart sickness. It is not a heart trouble. It is a heart sickness and it is a lack of joy. When a man feels gloomy, and feeling so down, his whole body hurts. His whole life seems as lifeless as a pile of old dried bones. When joy invades the heart of a man, it refreshes the whole person, the whole man. Now God wants us to have a merry heart, a joyful heart. He wants us to have a big time. Our fellowship at church should be a place of fun, a place of joy, of place of celebration. We should laugh, we should rejoice and praise God when we go to church. We are simply too stiff and stilted in our churches and God forbid that we continue not to rejoice. Remember, a merry heart does good like medicine. Sometimes some of the sicknesses that people complain about can only be remedied when we begin to rejoice in the Lord. And the Apostle Paul said, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. It is like medicine. A wicked man accepts a bribe behind the back to pervert the ways of justice. Proverbs 17 verse 23. You see, there are many different ways of bribing. And there is so much bribing going on in our world today. It started with this whole 
business of bribing. Now the whole continent of Africa, every nation complains about corruption. It started with this thing, bribing. A corrupt judge would receive a bribe, a gift given to him secretly to gain undeserved favor. And so their judgment would be perverted. This practice corrupts justice by favoring especially the rich. And God hates this. Here is Proverbs 17, verse 26 to verse 28. Also to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. He who has knowledge spares his words, and a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. Now rulers are to be a terror to those who do evil. If they become a terror to those who do good, the whole world will be turned upside down. This is why it is said, also to punish the righteous is not good, nor to strike princes for their uprightness. The punishment of the just is an abomination to the Lord. Rebellion against the prince is never encouraged. The man who spares his words evidences knowledge, and the man who keeps a cool head in difficult times is a man of understanding, so to say. The shutting up of lips is a commended practice everywhere in wisdom's instruction. Even a fool may be thought to be wise if he keeps his mouth shut. I would like to quote from the Life Application Bible as we end this particular uh, psalm, as we end this particular proverb, uh, particularly when we think of verse 27 and verse 28. Uh, the Life Application Bible says, This proverb highlights several benefits of silence. Silence is the best policy if you have nothing worthwhile to say. That's number one. Number two, it allows you the opportunity to listen and learn. Number three, it gives you something in common with those who are wise. Make sure to use time of silence for thinking and listening so that when you do speak, you will have something important to say. End of the quotation from the Life Application Bible. And my friend, I would say to you, that is Sound advice. Take it. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park 1620, South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620, South Africa.